Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, May 6th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, and we're calling this a Thursday Thursday here at DFS Coach Talk. And it's not because we're parched from a lack of victories. We had a strong night last night. Both of the NBA DFS hybrid lineups that we gave out for FanDuel were winners. We had some strong wins in baseball, and we had a takedown uh, from our member, Big Phil09. So big shout out to him. He split the pot in the FanDuel After Hours two-game slate, winning over 8,000. So we're all fired up for him, celebrating in Discord, and everybody's talking about running it back tonight with an even better night for all of us. So that's why it's a Thursday Thursday. It's also a big birthday in the family. Uh, my brother-in-law, Chris, so happy birthday to you. Hope it's a great one. And we, we're fired up here for a fun Thursday, a little seven-game NBA DFS slate. So thank you for joining me. We're going to go through in order like we always do, try to help you build some winners on FanDuel and DraftKings. All right. So in this seven-game slate that starts at 7 o'clock, we have eight of the 14 teams involved in a back-to-back, three totals over 230, including one at 240 on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. The first one is not one of them. It's Chicago and Charlotte, 219 total. Chicago favored by three and a half. And if you recall, uh, the last time these teams met, we called it the average game, the battle of average NBA teams in every way, finished with a 108 to 91 score. And same thing here. They're still ranked right in the middle, basically across the board with pace, offense, and defense. We may have uh, a bump for Chicago, though, with Vucevic and Levine, probable to get back out there, and they need it. Chicago has lost four in a row. They're in 12th place, three and a half games out of the play-in spot. So it's go time for Chicago. They need to get it done. Troy Brown Jr. out for the Bulls. And then on the Charlotte side, we have uh, Miles Bridges out along with Cody Martin, and then Devontae Graham is doubtful. Charlotte is sitting in eighth spot. Uh, they're in pretty good shape. Both teams on the front end of a back-to-back. So with uh, with all that being said, uh, I'm not too fired up about this game from the Chicago side. With Vucevic and Levine coming back into the lineup and probably not being 100%, their price tags are still pretty high, and it is not a pace-up game. So I, I don't really like the Bulls here. If Vucevic were to sit, then you could look at Tice or Thaddeus Young. But the the presence of Vucevic and Levine is just going to take away from the guys who've had more opportunities lately, like Kobe White, Temple, Patrick Williams. So I'm going to likely fade Chicago. On the Charlotte side, much more interested here, potentially, for one of the guards, primarily, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier. Rozier, Back to shooting guard on FanDuel and only 6,200. That's a nice price tag. We've attacked the Chicago backcourt all season with success. Caleb Martin, likely getting the start again here, is attractive to me, especially on DraftKings. He's only 3,900. Played really well in that last one. Uh, And these Martin twins are pretty reliable as starters. And uh, Caleb stepping up right now with Cody still injured. Uh, look for P.J. Washington to be back in the lineup, which will move Biombo back to the bench. And if Devontae Graham is out, you could 
uh, see a, a value with Brad Wanamaker or Malik Monk. Uh, Wanamaker much cheaper. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little more interested in one of the starting guards for Charlotte uh, or Kayla Martin or potentially a pass. All right, game two. We move to 7.30 Eastern. Brooklyn and Dallas. A much better game here. 234.5 total. Brooklyn favored by 3.5. This is the first game on the TNT doubleheader. And you've got almost everything you want here. Uh, bad defenses. Excellent offenses. Brooklyn with the fast pace. They're ninth. The only thing we don't like, Dallas still 23rd in pace. Now, uh, this one is... Uh, you know, trending up a little bit in terms of of the pace and the interest and the stars. Um, it's not. I don't like it quite as much as the as the other seven thirty game, but I do like that Brooklyn is on an island game here. They're in second place in the East. They've lost three in a row. They've got Milwaukee on their heels, so I think they'll get after it tonight. Put their best foot forward. Um, Kyrie and KD are the primary guys I would consider here. With them both out there, I don't like the secondary guys quite as much. You see guys like Joe Harris just not get the shots that he needs to pay off value, although his price is ultra low on FanDuel at 4400 So if he hits some threes, he could do it, uh, but I probably won't go there. We'll see what the these coaches do with the bigs a uh, little cat and mouse game here. Steve Nash likes to mix and match based on matchups. So is this a Deandre Jordan game? Is it a Blake Griffin game? Do they go small again with, with Jeff green? I think there's a good chance they'll start Jordan or Griffin here because on the Dallas side, we do have Porzingis and Kleba out, uh, but they've been starting Willie Colley Stein or Powell. So I think it's likely that one of those guys is out there and we get Jordan or Griffin on the other side. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, if DeAndre Jordan starts, I think he can overpower either of those potential opponents. But uh, that's, a, that's a wait and see and, and play with the lineup. He's not my favorite uh, guy to look at. I would prefer Powell on the other side, to be honest two straight games where he's been about 10x return on DraftKings. Um, you know, he can be inconsistent, but at 3,500 on DraftKings, uh, I'm interested there potentially if you need a, a pay down center. 4,900 on FanDuel, not so attractive. With the scorers for Dallas, got to talk about Luca running the show here without Porzingis. 10-9 uh, on both sites. Uh, I think the way to look at this right now for me is that I would consider one of the big three from this game, Kyrie, KD, or Luka. Uh, but I don't think I want to get two of them. I'd rather stack the next game. So we'll get into that in a minute. But I wouldn't mind looking at uh, one of the secondary guys for Dallas, primarily THJ. Uh, he really enjoyed starting in that last one against Miami, didn't he? Hitting 10 threes. Uh, nice mid-tier price. So I like uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. here. Jalen Brunson, always an option in that 4K range off the bench. But uh, at this point, it's probably most likely Tim Hardaway Jr. if I could only have one guy from this game. All right, game three. This is the game of the night for me. It is Washington and Toronto. 
235 total. Uh, Toronto favored by three. And this is the battle of 10 and 11 in the East. And Toronto is three games back of Washington with six games to play. So if they win this, they're down two with five to play. If they lose, they're down four with five to play. So it's pretty easy to do that math and see that although this is not an absolute must win on paper, mathematically Toronto would still be alive if they lose. It's for all intents and purposes a must win. They've got to beat the team they're chasing here to narrow the gap. And they may have most of the band back together. We've had uh, different guys in and out, different guys resting, but Lowry's available to come back in. Uh, Van Vliet and Siakam were already there. Uh, and then Ananobi is the one big question mark. He's doubtful. We have Trent Jr. probable to get back out there, though, after missing six games. Utah Watanabe is questionable. And then on the Washington side, in terms of injuries, Rui is doubtful. Chandler Hutchinson is questionable after playing three minutes and picking up a knee injury last night. And uh, that was not very enjoyable for the two brains lineup. So he's questionable at best. Now, the, the only thing you might not like about this game is that Washington had that high scoring up and down game against Milwaukee last night. They lost 135 to 134. Exciting finish. Did you see that shot from uh, Garrison Matthews uh, to to win the game at the buzzer from behind half court, just off the backboard, just missed? It kind of reminded me of Gordon Hayward's shot against Duke in the NCAA championship game that was right on line and, and just missed. Uh, not quite as uh, you know significant of uh, circumstances here in this regular season game in the NBA, but in any event, uh, Washington is on a back-to-back, but they are one team with their stars that that means l- you know less than a lot of the other key teams and, and key stars that you look at. Uh, Westbrook and Beal really are strong on back-to-backs historically. And Westbrook, I mean, he could probably play five games in a row and average a healthy triple-double. The guy is just rolling out 70 and 80 point fantasy nights like it's nothing. And last night was no different. Uh, wouldn't put it past him to do it again tonight. Uh, he is just incredible with his energy and drive. So Westbrook is firmly in play for me. Beal is, is a decent price. He's playable. Uh, with the other guys on Washington, I'm not really that interested in them. We'll see if they start Anthony Gill again. He played 18 minutes. He's minimum price on both sites. Bertans is still pretty cheap, and I think he'll get, uh, you know, 24 minutes plus again. He got 28 last night uh, without without Rui and Hutchinson. Those two guys are probably the only ones I would consider as a one-off, but I don't have a lot of faith in either one. So it's most likely Westbrook or Beal there. And then on, on the Toronto side, I wouldn't mind getting one or two of these starters and running it back with... Westbrook or Beal, because you can get uh, Van Vliet and Siakam in the 8K range. Lowry is also a a potential option. Birch, uh, a mid-tier center you could look at. I don't think I'll go with any of the Toronto bench guys, even though it's a a great pace-up game. I mean, Washington number one still in the NBA in pace. 
but we've got Trent likely back with probably some sort of limit on his minutes. And then you've got Flynn and Bambury, potentially Watanabe, Stanley Johnson. It's just kind of crowded there with those backups. So most likely uh, a game where I'm looking at two or three of these starters and hope that we get that high-scoring close game and these guys battle right down to the wire because uh, it is such a big game. All right, let's move to 8 o'clock here. Memphis and Detroit, 222.5 total. Memphis favored by 9. They had an ultra-high-scoring game last night as well, uh, winning 139-135 over the Timberwolves. And they're in solid shape here in the 8th spot. So I think they uh, just kind of cruise along here, get the win. We know Detroit doesn't want to win. They're doing a great job at losing. In terms of the injuries here with Memphis, Grayson Allen left after six minutes with an abdominal issue yesterday. I am calling him doubtful at best. And uh, Triple J will be available tonight. On the Detroit side, we have a typical long list here of guys who will be out. Josh Jackson, Magruder, Diallo, Corey Joseph, Plumlee, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. still out. And then a question mark for Ellington. So what are we left with here? On the Memphis side, Jaw was awesome last night. 37 minutes, 37 points. Uh, he's still cheap on FanDuel at 7,000. Uh, you could certainly look there. Uh, interesting night for those uh, a couple of those Memphis guys last night, huh? We had Dylan Brooks fouling out in 25 minutes. Joe Val fouling out in 20 minutes in typical Joe Val fashion. So they their legs should be good for the back-to-back. Uh, you could look there. As we talk about, though, uh, as we have talked about multiple times, Memphis is pretty conservative on back-to-backs. You know, it worked out for Jaw last night with that high-paced game. But don't be surprised if some of these key guys only play 30, 31 minutes, especially if Memphis is, is winning comfortably. So proceed with caution there. Uh, Kyle Anderson always in play as a value option. On the bench, uh, if Grayson Allen is sitting here, uh, we could see somebody like Bain start. He played well with the extra minutes yesterday. Melton is kind of intriguing to me. Uh, as a value option, likely off the bench. And that's that's probably it. I don't think I want to mess with the bigs for Memphis with Triple J back in the mix. On the Detroit side, you figure, all right, all these guys are out. Let's get one of these value plays. Well, not really priced like value plays in a lot of these spots. Hayes is at least 5000 on both sites. Frank Jackson, over 5000 on both sites. He's the guy that I was... Uh, most excited to look at and consider his price tag, filling that uh, Diallo role who jumped in at the shooting guard spot and did great in the last game. But Jackson's a little pricier than I was hoping for. Sadiq Bey, uh, not not cheap either, now in the 6K range on both sites. And he had two really good games and then followed that up with a poor shooting performance in the last one. So that's the inconsistency you get from Bay. Uh, so you could roll the dice there and potentially pay it off or have a dud. Uh, the bigs, though, a little more uh, attractive to me. We've got Dumboya, who's cheap on DraftKings at 3,500. Got 34 minutes in the last game. He's not 
the best point per minute guy, but at 3,500 with this short rotation, you give him 30 minutes. I could see him paying off the price tag there. And then our man, Isaiah Stewart, who hasn't been quite as effective lately. Uh, it's been some tougher matchups, uh, some uh, lower minute totals like the last one. Okafor got over 20 minutes off the bench. But I'm looking at Stewart a little bit more here today. 5,800, still a power forward on FanDuel is a, is a, a price I think you can consider. So that's where I'm looking uh, primarily is maybe one of the Detroit starters as a value play. Not as excited about the bench, but it is pretty thin. Saban Lee, Tyler Cook, Okafor, I think those are the guys most likely to get minutes there. But I probably will just take one of the Detroit starters or pass that side. All right, moving on to the other 8 o'clock game. It's Atlanta and Indiana. And a, this one's a 240 total. Atlanta favored by 6. And this is probably the first 240 total all season that I'm not very fired up about. Uh, why am I not fired up about this? Well, it's a back-to-back for both teams. Coming in with uh, very different performances last night. Atlanta with a huge high-scoring win over Phoenix at home. Indiana with a low-scoring loss to Sacramento. That was surprising. And with Atlanta, you know, they did put up big numbers and play last night, but the starters only played about 18 to 26 minutes. So it's not the worst back-to-back scenario. Uh, In terms of where these teams sit, Atlanta's fifth, Indiana's ninth. So Indiana needs this one a little bit more than Atlanta. Uh, In terms of the injuries, uh, everybody ready to go for Atlanta, who's been out there recently. The question marks remain, though, for Indiana. We've got Brogdon, Lamb, and Subner, all questionable. So that's, that's one of the big reasons why I'm not as excited about this game is we just don't know if those guys are playing. And I have a feeling that one or two of them might play here because Indiana needs this one. I think they were probably hoping that they could win last night against Sacramento without those guys. Uh, We had the unfortunate five for 18 shooting performance from Levert that really didn't help. Uh, and he was the the really the the primary dud in an otherwise great hybrid lineup. One of the uh, hybrid lineups we had was 388 with Lavert. He just didn't quite get it done. Uh, our, our man Delon Wright on the other side, we had in the lineup too, and he was smashing. And uh, the problem was he was stealing the ball every time down the court almost. So uh, he was a little too good for Lavert and company. But uh, with Lavert here. Uh, you, you know, you could go back there, but if Brogdon's out there, then I just don't like it as much, and their price tags are, are pretty pretty stiff. Sabonis, I've been on him lately, but he's mid-10K range, and again, I just I would rather pay up for the Stars in the, in the Washington-Toronto game or maybe Brooklyn-Dallas, so I just i am not quite fitting Sabonis in today. Uh, on the Atlanta side... You know, this is where I might be more likely to get one of the big three, I'll call them, with Trey Young, Bogdanovich, and Capella. They're all pretty good prices on FanDuel. Um, Capella, 8000 He's probably the one I'm more, most likely to get. 
he had a monster game against Indiana early in the season, 25 and 24. Now Turner was playing in that one, and of course he's out now, so maybe he doesn't get quite as many minutes. But uh, eight thousand is is a price that I that I could pay. With the bench guys, Lou Williams and Gallinari stepped up last night, really strong performances, but they had the extra minutes, uh, and they're not they're not extra cheap. In fact, Gallo is up to sixty two hundred on Fanduel. So, with you know, for all those reasons, with uh, back-to-backs and potentially more guys coming back for Indiana. I'm just not too fired up about this one, believe it or not, as a as a 240 total. So I'll have limited exposure there and uh, see what we have here on the last two games. Those two games are at 10 o'clock, and they will uh, set up the after-hour slate. So hopefully we'll, we'll stay hot there. Uh, for those who are new to the program, we build um, – lineups for the main slate for our members as well as after hours lineups and we've had a nice streak there so we'd love to have you join us if you want to grab those lineups for FanDuel and Yahoo and our coaches clipboard for DraftKings so go to dfscoachtalk.com if you'd like to join pick up whichever membership you'd like and then we'll get you into our discord with an email and we give out the lineups about 20 minutes for lock before lock for the main slate and then 20 minutes before lock for the after-hour slate. All right, tonight we have Oklahoma City and Golden State starting things off at 10 o'clock. 228.5 total. Golden State favored by 14. And these teams are going to play again on Saturday. And the way I look at it is where these teams sit, I think they would both, if they could, uh, you know, walk to center court and 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 uh, handshake and say let's just call this two wins for golden state let's take it easy and uh we'll we'll just head back to OKC and you guys can have the two wins because Oklahoma City right now they're 21 and 45 and there are three teams actually in the NBA right now at 21 and 45 so in the race for the lottery I think Oklahoma City would like to go ahead and continue to lose here Golden State, meanwhile, is in the ninth spot. And Steve Kerr actually came out and said in the media that they are really pushing for at least a seven or eight seed to make it easier in that play-in tournament. So you know they're fired up here uh, to get it done and, and sweep OKC in these next two. In terms of the injuries, uh, Pokashevsky and Muscala still out for Oklahoma City. Mr. Dort is questionable with the hip injury. He has now proven that he is, in fact, human. A uh, couple down games recently, poor shooting. And uh, I saw a note about, you know, maybe the hip is impacting his shooting. I don't know about that. Um, but in any event, he has been cold from distance. So we'll see if they play him or not. That'll be a, a big turning point in this game in terms of who we want to play or or fade. Because if he's out there defending the likes of Steph Curry and Wiggins, that makes life a lot more difficult for them. And if he sits, then everybody in the starting lineup gets a bump and is worth considering from my perspective as a one-off. Maladon, very cheap. Uh, Roby should get more shots. Baisley is you know, the guy that you probably feel most excited about offensively, but he's the most expensive and likely getting some Draymond defense. So that one's a little borderline borderline for me. Uh, Moses Brown, though, 
is appealing to me today. He's in the 4K range on both sites. And he went for 18 and 12 against Golden State in their last matchup. He played 30 minutes in the last game. His minutes have been inconsistent lately. So we need to proceed with caution with him. But I like him as a potential value center. And we're going to follow the news on that one. And if you haven't noticed, OKC is one of the most transparent teams in the NBA in terms of sharing who's going to be the key components of the rotation any given night. So we'll track that news today and see if Brown makes sense potentially. Uh, off the bench, you could also consider if Dort is out, either Ty Jerome, our man Gabriel Deck, or even Sfi. Uh, one of them might start if if Dort is out and they're all pretty cheap. Deck's been priced up a little bit on, on FanDuel. I like him better at 3500 on DraftKings. And then Kenrich Williams, here's a perfect example. Two games ago, 30 minutes, last game not in the rotation, but it wasn't a big surprise. This is the type of thing that they announce. So he could, he could fly right back in here and, and be a, a factor at a decent price. On the Golden State side, we do have the potential of a blowout here, just like when these teams faced off in April. It was 147 to 109. But Steph and Draymond paid off their value in 29, 30 minutes. So that's a that's a real consideration here. Even if it's a blowout and, and OKC is just kind of going through the motions and allowing Golden State to win, uh, you know, they, Golden State's going to want their guys to get at least a decent run and continue on, stay in shape here. Uh, it, it's an island game, again, since they're not playing again until Saturday. So you could look at Steph and Draymond, and if you're going to play Steph, I think it's wise to consider Draymond for that correlation. I mean, they... They run the two-man game at the top of the key as well as anyone in the NBA. Wiggins is another way to get exposure here at a much cheaper price than Steph. So there's an option. Baysmore, more of the GPP uh, mid-tier option. Uh, don't think I'll go with Looney. I'd rather go with Brown here if I'm going to you know, pay down at center here. And then the guys off the bench for Golden State that I think will be in the rotation, uh, same as last game when they went with eight, uh, Poole, Mulder, Juan Toscano Anderson, all more in play for me on the after-hour slate. Don't think I'll get there on the main slate. All right, last game of the night, Lakers and Clippers, the battle of Staples Center, 212.5 total. Clippers favored by eight. This is a front end for the Lakers. They're going to play Portland tomorrow. And Lakers are sitting at tied for fifth, but because of the tiebreaker, they're sixth. Clippers are fourth, so the Lakers need this one a little bit more than the Clippers, but LeBron is still out along with Schroeder, so a bit shorthanded there. We also have Taylor Horton Tucker questionable with the calf issue. Um, on the Clippers side, we still have Coffee and Ibaka out. So let's look at the Lakers here. With LeBron and Schroeder out, I was very interested last game in Caruso and Taylor Horton Tucker. Caruso did his thing, and he's uh, looking great to me again here. At 4,100 DraftKings, 39 FanDuel, I'm going to have a lot of exposure to Caruso, Caruso here. They need his minutes. Uh, he's heavily involved on both ends. He can get you some steals, and he pushes it, uh, and uh, he, he can get it done offensively against the likes of Reggie Jackson, who's still starting as the point guard on the other side. 
Taylor Horton Tucker did not get it done. He just was one step off the whole game. And I'm not sure if he was dealing with the calf injury during that game. It didn't look like it to me. Uh, but in any event, he's going to be in consideration for me again. Uh, he's basically the same price as Schroeder. So I do, uh, I'm sorry, as Caruso. So I do prefer Caruso. But again, on that after hour slate, Taylor Horton Tucker uh, squarely in play for me. I don't think I want to pay up for AD or Drummond. Uh, the, the center rotation is a bit of a, a mess here for the Lakers right now. He played 22 minutes in the last game. Gasol was hitting three-pointers, so they let him play 17 minutes. And good old Montrez Harrell only played 10. And this is a revenge game for, for Montrez, of course, against the, Lake, uh, the Clippers. So does that mean Vogel will give him a little more of an opportunity? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I would trust that. So I, I'm planning to avoid the Lakers centers and AD on the main slate because of his price. Kuzma, uh, maybe on the after-hour slate, not looking at him on the main slate. KCP has had some good games lately, uh, but I'm really looking primarily here at Caruso. And then on the Clippers side, I'm not really interested in any of their guys for the main slate. Reggie Jackson's still getting good minutes, but Rondo is right there. Uh, he got 20 minutes last game. Pat Beverly is now back in the mix. He got 15 minutes working his way back with uh, the left-hand injury. And then Kawhi is uh, the same price or cheaper than Paul George on both sites. So it's a buy-low opportunity, but he's been dealing with that foot issue, and he just hasn't seemed like himself. So I think that's a bit risky. And Paul George is at a playable price, but we do have the Lakers in their number one defense, of course and uh, only an average pace. So I just don't think you need to spend up there. Marcus Morris is always in play. Um, and then Zubats is extra cheap on FanDuel at 4300 but Cousins is there. Uh, so no real slam dunks there, in my opinion, on the Clippers side for the main slate. So that does complete the seven-game slate. A uh, couple things here before we wrap up. Um, if you have any questions about uh, DFS Coach Talk membership, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can also find me at Language Olympic, and you can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. As always, he's resting up on Thursday for a big weekend, so he'll be back on the podcast with me tomorrow. If you're on YouTube, uh, we'd love it if you would subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and then hit the thumbs up wherever you're watching or listening. We certainly appreciate that. We'll continue with our seven-day-a-week NBA podcast in front, of the, in front of the paywall. And again, if you're new to the program, if you join, uh, you get our basketball lineups as well as baseball. We had some solid winners in baseball yesterday. And our golf lineups uh, for Wednesday for the, the full tournament every week and Friday night for the weekend slate. And our golf, golfers are off to a good start here, so I'm, I'm excited about the weekend at the Wells Fargo. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team. I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.